Welcome to WTTS In Conversation. I'm Matt Pelser. So often when I'm setting up these interviews, I'm doing it through two or three different people, label people, tour managers, assistants. But for this one, and maybe there's a little too inside baseball, I don't know, but I think it illustrates the get it done efficiency that is Amy Ray. We emailed directly, which was so refreshing. For somebody who's one half of the Indigo Girls, she has every right to be a diva and have other people handle this stuff, but it's clear that that just isn't her style. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. It was so cool to talk with Amy Ray about the Indigo Girls, about her solo work, including her latest album, If It All Goes South, about Brandi Carlile, who's on this record and who Amy's known for a long time. We talked because she's coming to town on May 20th for a show at the Hi-Fi. I highly recommend you go. She shares some thoughts about the Hi-Fi later, too. Here it is, me and Amy Ray. I listened to If It All Goes South last week, and there are so many songs on this record that just hit me right in the gut. Whatever you were trying to do with this album, you did it as far as I'm concerned. Wow, Matt, that's <laughs> that's a huge compliment. I, uh, I mean, listening, though, I can tell where the title comes from if it all goes south i can hear the frustration with the world in the themes the catharsis did these songs come easily uh i I would say for me as a songwriter songs don't usually come easily at all it's so funny i'm just like a i'm just not that person that just it pops out but but i think um i knew that it was i wrote a lot of it during lockdown kind of times and and i knew I was trying to get at this idea of being an ally and healing and trying to reach out to people because, you know, it felt like the world was sort of falling apart, although it still feels that way to some degree. But it, and I just, I think I was uh, moved by something, you know, bigger than just my own little story and everything. And so that really spurred me on. So that made it more of a, not a, not really a challenge, but a, I had a very big motivation to do it beyond like making a record. I was just like, oh, I want to exercise this right now because I don't know what to do, you know, yeah. with all these thoughts, I guess, you know, and, and, and my band, you know, we've been together over 10 years now. And so this country band, I mean, before I kind of came out of punk rock and then started this country band and we're just, it's fun to make a record with them, to be honest with you. It's just fun to do it. So it's like I hear them in my head when I'm writing and I'm just, you know, I love these guys and they're, we're like a family. So for me, it's just become such an important part of like what I do, you know, in my daily existence. I just, they're my friends, you know, they're my family. I'm, I miss them. So I look for any opportunity to kind of work together. And making yeah. records one of the best ones. It's great to hear you say that out loud, but I could, I could feel that when I watched the making of video for Joy Train. Every, it just seems like a real loose group, uh, but when it's go time, then they just do it. And yeah. just to see them working it out was just, you know, it was really great. And did you do the whole record like that, analog tape? Yeah. we Well, there's, nice. there, are, there are three songs that we recorded during pandemic, like uh, via internet, just to kind of help us stay together as a family. And we sort of reworked them and then transferred them to tape. But those seven that we did that you see the process of Joy Train, that's like all live to tape where we get into the studio. And we we've, we we did a lot of pre-production also via 
you know, the internet, like just passing e digital files around. So when we got to the studio to make the record every morning, it would be like, we already kind of had a blueprint and we would just go from there and, and work. And um, yeah, it was always like, what's going to happen today? Kind of feeling super fun. Um, and when you're working to tape, you have to, you really, it is go time when you, everybody's got to rise to the occasion, no fights and no like sort of not focusing on what you're doing. So we're all like there and in it, which makes it really fun, I think, and um, intent, kind of meaningful in a way, you know. Subway, Subway, what a gorgeous <laughs> song. Um, there's a lot that I want to ask about with regard to that song, not the least of which Brandy Carlisle joining you on that one. And I know that you and Brandy have been friends for a while, but I mean, you know, Indigo Girls were among her influences. What did it mean to you to bring her into that song? Well, for that song in particular, it was uh, super important because I wrote it sort of in honor of a DJ named Rita Houston that yeah. Brandy was friends with. And, and Brandy was really one of Rita's favorite artists. And so to me, it was like a tribute to her. I wanted to get one of her people that she loved on it. And Rita and Rita loved Brandy a lot. So I called Brandy up and um, she didn't come to the studio, but she did it remotely. But yeah, she sent me this file that was just like a chorus of Brandy Carlisle voices. <laughs> it was, <laughs> I mean, it was quite, it was stunning actually, you know, just to play them by themselves. I was like, wow, this is like a ringtone, you know, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, cause when, when you hear it and I mean, you can only really tell it's Brandy because it says so in the credits, it's really just her singing harmony with you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Although yeah. not many people can sing harmony like her. So, oh goodness. No. So it's like, it takes, I know, you know, a few people that I can count on my hand that I know that can do what she does, but like the harmony skills are like crazy. She's always sung on my solo records, even from the punk rock days. And uh, it's always been one of her little things that she's willing to do, you know, and uh, it's always a surprise, like where she's going to go. I don't really give her any direction. I just send her a song and say, you know, put yourself on this. What do you want to do? Yeah. What does it feel like? I mean, to be, a big influence on somebody who has made it in as big a way as Brandy has. <laughs> it feels like, uh, I feel like we were somewhat of an influence. I think, you know, depending on where she's at in her songwriting, she has a lot of different influences and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, that I've known over the years, but, you know, just to see her achieve what she's achieved is uh, she's one of the good people, you know? So it feels good to see her, ambition sort of pay off in a way that's i mean she's just big she's go, she's so far beyond any influence that we ever had at this point <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> um i mean so far beyond it it's it's laughable to even think about but when we saw her play the first time like open for us we had seen her before in a smaller environment just as friends kind of recording together but when we saw her take the stage before our audience a long long time ago I mean, immediately, Emily and I were like, well, we're going to be opening for her one day. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what happened. <laughs> you you mentioned Rita Houston, and I and I, I love this story behind this song. And, uh, you know, Rita was one of the first people to play Brandy's music on the radio. And I love that old picture, you two, oh, the you three, I guess, um, yeah. you and Brandy and Rita in the video. When was that taken? Brandy, oh, it looks God, like a baby. That was probably... Yeah, it was probably 2010 or something. Okay, probably. yeah. Yeah, or, or nine even. And early early on. 
So uh, let's talk about Rita Houston. Let's kind of illustrate this part of the story. She's the the WFUV DJ that you honor with this song. And as you mentioned, um, and it's very evident in the video, she passed away in 2020 from cancer. And obviously I've got a soft spot for radio people. What did Rita mean to you? Not, you know, not just Brandy. She, you know, as a person that had been in the business for a long time, for me, she was like um, a mentor of kind of how to hold yourself you know, professionally, as a queer woman, um, just kind of completely be in yourself, but have that not inform everything you do. And I think that that's an interesting thing to learn how to do, because you're often in a place where you feel like you're on your back foot all the time. She never let that happen. You know, she was just pure love, pure love of music, pure professionalism, and had so much strength that people just respected her and you immediately got beyond any sort of divisions that you might have as, as someone on the other side of her, of the conversation with her. And I saw her do it with so many people that were di- just, ve- just diverse people from all walks of life. She was able to immediately, you know, uh, bond with and kind of go right to the heart of what they were. And that is what a great DJ can do, you know? And, and when you have someone living their life like that as well, it's very inspiring. So for me, she was inspiring as a figure just watching her work. And also she, for Indigo Girls, she opened many doors for us and was just really supportive and just loved music. So I, I when, when she died, I just wanted to, it was like, if I was talking to Rita now, what would I want to say to her, you know? And like, what's the letter I want to write her? So I just, I sort of envisioned sort of her early life in New York too. And kind of, we were probably running around the same streets when I was earlier, when I was young and visiting that, you know, and just kind of, we came up the same era. So like, what was our New York experience like, you know, and that's just, I just wanted to say thank you to her basically, you know, and, and she also was a chalice that held a lot of my sort of love of New York, you know, and when I was in COVID and we couldn't go to New York, I was, it was like, I mean, I live in the woods. I'm like a country girl. And it was like, the only thing I missed doing outside of that was really going to New York city for my, you know, for my fix. <laughs> yeah. So it was like a love letter to New York too, you know, of all the ways that it sets you free when you're there, you know, she was really an extraordinary presence on the radio and just so genuine. And, um, you, you're right. Everything she said, you felt like she meant it and she lived it and she was just something else. Um, so did every visit to New York, uh, include a visit with her for you? Uh, Probably like 50% of them at least. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I, we went for a lot. I mean, for when we were on tour usually. Yeah. But I mean, I went, we go to New York for so many different things and I would go there just to see shows or visit friends, you know, that kind of thing. Mm. And I dated someone for about five years that lived in the East Village. So I was there a lot, <laughs> yeah. you know, a lot. So I had a lot of life there actually. And just a lot of relationships and things that I relate to just bopping around when I was young, you know? Mm-hmm. A lot of collaborations on this If It All Goes South record. I don't know. Is that something that we could see more of going forward, do you think? I mean, I've always done it. Indigo Girls have always done collaborations. It's just the, the heart of what we've always been about. And and on and every solo record I make is really like a collaborative record, honestly. So, yeah, I never know. Like when I write the songs, I start hearing people and I, I make my, uh, you know, my little list of wishes of who I would like to ask. And, you know, a lot of them pan out, which is, um, it's cause the song inspires it really. And I think it's just, I get lucky sometimes. 
how are things with Emily? Is everything good with the Indigo Girls at the moment? Yeah, everything's great. We're um, on tour right now, and we have a documentary that is in the festivals right now that is going to be out somewhere in the screens at some point. But right now it's making its way through the festival circuit, made by a great director named Alexandria Baumbach. And we're doing a big summer tour with a band for the first time in years. So very excited about that. Our band's getting together that we've had for just on and off, like Brady Blade playing drums, a couple Claire, Kenny and Carol Isaacs and uh, my guitar player from my solo band and a fiddle player we, Emily and I play with. And it's just a great gang of people and we're going to go out and do a whole summer tour. So that's exciting. So yeah, we're, we're doing great. We're just, we're hitting it. We're down in Florida playing shows right now. Well, uh, so the last Indigo Girls record, which came out in 2020, when that all wrapped <laughs> up and it got put out in 2020, and I'm sure you were going to do some dates and stuff like that on it. I mean, do you feel like in the meantime, since that's all kind of started back up again, that you've been able to get out those songs in the same correct way, in the right way? Or is it kind of, I mean, it could, you how could we help but have it be colored by what we just went through, you know? Yeah, it's weird. You know, the the songs are pretty relevant to the times in some in a kind of a kismet sort of way, especially Emily's writing. And so that's cool. But, you know, <laughs> it, the last thing you wanted, I mean, it was in, in hindsight, <laughs> I probably would have waited to put the record out, you know, because uh, yeah. it kind of felt like a crash and burn in some way. But we were kind of like, you know, there were a lot of people, we were doing like a lot of live streams and people were hungry to hear things and, and things that were new and listening to a lot of music. So we figured we put it out, but you know, a lot of our sort of heart of our records is when we tour behind them. So it was definitely like a, a learning experience, but now we're playing all the songs and it's like, they're, they really resonate. And um, so we just sort of look at it as like, just another thing in our career. We always do things in a kind of weird way. So that was just one more typical Indigo move. Um, I always say, and, and, and I think in the end, I probably would do it differently, but there are some pluses to it too. And now we're doing it. So it's okay. You know? Yeah. It's all good. I mean, the summer tour, this summer tour is the summer tour we were going to do in 2020. Oh, like, okay. That's how, that's how long COVID has taken effect. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're playing makeup date. We're, we're still playing. We have one more makeup date to play because of COVID. Oh, good heavens. Is that crazy? Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> but you hear it all the time, you know, you hear know, it all I the know. time. Yeah. Oh, and that's yeah. uh, nuts. Well, and I, you know, I, and I know that you say in retrospect, you would have done it differently, but I, you know, I, I am thankful for the records that came out in 2020 yeah. because so many of them didn't. And then the ones that did were kind of like these, you know, shining spots of hope. You're like, Hey, I know you're home. I know you're not doing anything right now, but here's some new music. Here's something to look forward to. And everything goes back to quote unquote normal if that ever happens. But yeah, um, I mean, that's a great point. It's good. And you know, from a radio person's perspective, that totally makes sense. Cause y'all were like the people that we were counting on to like, listen to. You know? Well, and <laughs> so, so many I mean? musicians came through for us and did virtual concerts and things like that during the pandemic. And I don't know yeah. how much of that you did, but it really, really helped us out. And um, oh, we did a ton of, we did so much of that. We did. And we did a lot of fundraising for different organizations that were, you know, going through stuff and our audience was just great. They were just like there, you know, so it was killer. It was really good. Well, I mean, you've got the fan base for that. You've got a lot of people who care, who uh, like your music and Indigo Girls, and that's just the great thing. So as we speak, 
this solo tour is about to kick off uh, yeah. and the, the we're the last one on the schedule for now anyway <laughs> the hi-fi on may 20th you were out in february for a few dates solo uh, including the 40 watt in Athens. There's a club I've always wanted to visit. Ah, great place. So uh, you're out for like, you know, a month at a time, which I think kind of sounds nice. Do you think uh, you're done with the long drawn out tour if you can help it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, none of us have ever, it, it, the people like musicians that I know and, and people in my bands, we're always like, let's do two and a half weeks, three weeks at the most, and then go home because. Well, everybody in my band, my solo band, plays in other bands. So we're always trying to find – it's like a Google spreadsheet where you're finding the places where you can actually work together. Yeah. Um, and Emily and I always do short runs. So it's perfect because we're in a van and a trailer. I'm driving, no crew. I book all the hotels. I book the travel. I do the advancing. It's all like very DIY. So it, I can't do more. <laughs> I can't do more than a certain <laughs> number of dates or my head explodes. Um and it's just enough time to like really have fun. I mean, like we have a really good time and you know, for me it's perfect. And then I just find like moments when Emily and I aren't going to be out there and the other guys are available and we just go do some dates and we eventually cover the whole country, you know, unless something comes up like COVID, but that's sort of what, how, how we do it. Yeah. So it's, and, but I, the, the hi-fi is we played there, we played there a few times. And when it was radio radio, our first time we played there and, um, I think I was at a punk band the first time I played there, but it was, yeah. it's one of my favorite clubs, one of my favorite rooms uh, out of all the rooms we do. So I'm always like, I mean, I, I seek it out as like a thing to, can, I'm always like, can we get an offer from that club? Because <laughs> <laughs> I want to play there again. That's so great to hear. I'm so glad to hear that. Oh, well, yeah. Well, we're looking forward to seeing you there on May 20th. I'm, I'm, I'm very glad to hear that about the short run tours because, you know, sometimes you'll catch an artist in the middle of a long run and the you know, show's not that good. You can see the bags under their eyes and, and you're going <laughs> to you're gonna be bright eyed at uh, the May 20th show at the Hi-Fi. Really looking forward to it. Amy Ray, thank you so much for your time. Uh, this has been great. Thank you. I, I appreciate you. You're awesome. Amy Ray told me I'm awesome. I'm going to try not to let that go to my head. Thank you for listening. This has been WTTS In Conversation. Subscribe to this podcast and find more at WTTSFM.com. You can stream us there as well. I'm on the radio every weekday morning. Follow WTTS on socials at WTTSFM. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Matt Pelser Radio. Back again in a couple weeks. Talk to you then.